Welcome to the PCTR Podcast. I'm Robbie Itterberg, Senior Pastor. I want to thank you for listening today. We hope that you hear from God and that this podcast encourages you in your faith journey. You can connect with us on social at facebook.com slash PCTRNJ or our Instagram handle, PCTRNJ. Or you can find more information or resources at PCTR.org. Have a great day. Peace. this evening, I'm wondering, what are you hoping to get for Christmas this year? We got an early Christmas present today. It was a library fine. So, you know, we have that going for us. Um, It was for five library books that are overdue, you know, and you may be wondering, well, how did this happen? Well, it's because these books got lost in our basket full of books that sits in our living room. I mean, these were books with like titles like The Little Bat Stays Up All Day and The Scarecrow Goes Boo, or, you know, things like that. And, but I love this basket of books because every morning our four-year-old, Everett, gets up and he asks either my wife or I to get him a cup of milk and to read him a book. And really, it means like read me three or four or six books or whatever. But, you know, it starts with one. And so when it's my turn, I usually go and I get him the milk and he goes over to the basket and he starts looking through to figure out what he wants to choose. And recently, I've noticed a number of times, actually fairly frequently lately, I'll get the milk, I'll come back and I'll find him just kind of staring at the basket. And getting a little bit agitated. And, and I'll ask him, so w- which one did you pick? And he'll say, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what to pick. I want daddy to pick, right? And he's just feeling totally overwhelmed in the moment. And only recently did I realize or start to realize that this is like an anxious reaction because he is over, so overwhelmed by the whole situation that he just shuts down. And I was wondering, thinking about this, Is this not how many of us feel these days? So overwhelmed by what's in front of us that we just kind of want to shut down. Some of you might be thinking, man, if I could just make it through like the next 24 hours, then I can take that deep breath and I'll be okay. But we just feel so overwhelmed and we find ourselves wondering, does this... This promise of Christmas, is there anything to it? Because one of the things that Christmas seems to hold out for us every year is it seems like Christmas time always is trying to offer us peace. You know, every Christmas movie seems to resolve so beautifully, right? No matter how difficult or chaotic the situation, and the kiss always happens eight minutes and 42 seconds before the end of the Hallmark movie. At least that's what I've been told. Never seen one. But every one of these movies, because it's all about Christmas, seems to resolve so perfectly, so beautifully, it ends in a tranquil, peaceful, silent night. And we find ourselves perhaps wondering, yeah, but where's my peace? Is peace even a realistic hope for us? Is peace really even a a, a promise that we should expect at Christmas time? As you're thinking about these things, I'm going to invite you just to think on that while we hear the Christmas story again from Luke 2, a story you may be very familiar with, but let us listen to God's word for us tonight. 
If you want, you can follow along on the screen. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And let's pray as we move into this. Heavenly Father, in these moments, as we seek to hear from you, ask that you would speak. That your word that you said is sharp as a double-edged sword would cut through all that binds us. That we could hear the truth. That your Holy Spirit would allow us to not just hear, but to receive, to understand, and to hold on to your word for us tonight. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So there it was. Right in the middle of the passage, you may have heard it, you may have seen it again. Right, the, the shepherds are out in the fields, the middle of the night, the angel of the Lord shows up, all these other angels show up, and they start to sing, glory to God in the highest heaven. <laughs> and then they make the incredible announcement, right? On earth, peace. Peace. To those on whom his favor rests. This would have been an incredible announcement and because there were a lot of reasons they didn't have peace. You hear some of them actually just in the Christmas story themselves. The fact that Mary and Joseph and everyone else had to, to travel around was because the Roman Empire, the, this occupying force of oppression, was forcing everybody to go register in their own hometown so that they could be counted so that enough taxes would be collected. Not a lot of peace there. 
Mary and Joseph end up going to Bethlehem, very pregnant. Mary gives birth to her firstborn son. There's no real proper spot for them, and so she has to give birth and then place her baby in a feeding trough for animals. That doesn't sound exactly like the peaceful delivery that she had drawn up. It sounds like stress. And you've got the shepherds out in the field. I mean, the shepherds just didn't have peace by definition. They were, they were outcasts, right? They were out there hanging out with sheep all day long. And so they, they were considered unclean. Like they couldn't even go to the temple to worship. And so they were always on the outside looking in. Not a whole lot of peace there. If you've ever been on the outside where everybody else seemed like they were in, you know. There's not peace there. There's self-doubt. There's angst and anxiety. So there wasn't a lot of peace. And so this announcement of peace on earth, man, that would have been welcome. But what is peace? You ever think about that? What is peace really? I think frequently when we think of peace, we start with maybe the absence of war or the absence of conflict. And certainly that's true. There is no complete and total peace without the absence of conflict. And yet that is really only part of it. When God talks about peace, he's not just talking about the absence of conflict. He's talking about holistic well-being. He's talking about physical well-being, relational well-being, where everything is the way it's supposed to be where there is prosperity, where everyone has enough, where there is spiritual rest. And in the ideal, if all of these things, this holistic picture of life was in harmony, man, it would be easy to have this deep sense of tranquility, wouldn't it? Rest for our minds and our bodies and our souls. But we don't have to look very hard or think for very long about our lives or about the world that we're living in to see and know that there isn't harmony like that. There isn't this kind of perfect peace, right? That maybe this is why we find peace elusive for us. I mean, we just think about the reality of wars that seem to be ongoing or increasing coming up on the two-year anniversary of the Russian and Ukrainian war. In the last weeks, North Korea is just firing off intercontinental ballistic missiles just as a a way to flex and remind the world you should pay attention. Of course, there's the war in Gaza between Israel and Hamas. You've got fighting in Lebanon and Yemen and Iranian-backed militants all over the place, right? We've got all of these things going on, and for many people right now, You may be one of them, wondering, is this the beginning of another world war? But this time, there's just a lot more nuclear powers involved. I know for some, it's literally causing you to lose sleep. You just don't want to think about it because the anxiety only grows. And the reality is there will be no peace as long as greed and hunger for power captivate the human heart. There will be no complete peace, right? As long as killing continues to happen in the name of God, there will be no peace. 
But one of the good news messages, one of the truths of Christmas is that when Jesus was born, he was born, as we're told, as Messiah the Lord. And in Isaiah 9 that we read earlier, this was the prophet Isaiah looking out over the course of history and realizing there is no peace, but God was giving a message, hey, there is a day that's coming where there will be true and lasting peace. And that day will come when my Messiah, my son comes and I establish his rule and his reign and his throne over all the earth. Well, at that first Christmas, the Messiah, Jesus, was born. But all of those other things didn't exactly happen, did they? He offered peace and salvation and reconciliation between God and humanity. What Isaiah didn't know is that he was seeing something that was going to unfold in two acts, in two parts. The Messiah was going to come that first Christmas, but he will come again at the end of history. And when he comes again, then his throne, his reign, his rule will be established. And in that day, God is going to change the hearts of humanity. And in that day, he will bring justice and righteousness. He will judge every wrong. He will right everything that is broken. In that day, there will be that outward, beautiful peace. And that will happen someday, but we live today, don't we? We live waiting for that time to come. And so, is the promise of peace available to us now, or do we just have to wait till then? You know, over and over, the, the message of the Bible, and even the passage that I think we just read tonight, says... No, 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 there, there is another way to live. Peace is available. We do not have to live anxious. Because anxiety is the opposite of peace, isn't it? Worry is the opposite of peace. And in the Bible, the word for anxiety, the word that's used, has actually at the root of it, has, has the word that means divided or drawn in different directions. And isn't that a great description of your experience of anxiety when you've had it? Feeling that your, your mind is just bouncing from here to there to there, from this thing to that thing, with maybe no necessarily rhyme or reason. It's divided all over the place. Maybe it's the feeling physically, tangibly within your body of feeling torn this way and that way. You feel it viscerally. You feel the division of anxiety. <laughs> and I think the reality is that the life that we're living, the way we live life kind of together that we just kind of have this social agreement, the way we live seems to breed this divisiveness, this division in us. Yeah, because we're told, maybe you tell yourself, maybe you tell others, but we're told kind of collectively to one another that, you know what? You should have it all. You can have it all. You should have it all. Your kids should have it all. Your grandkids should have it all. Nobody should hold you back. And then we try for it. And we go after it. And we believe it. At least we live like we do. And so we add another thing to our schedule. We add another commitment. Oh, but we also make sure to maximize the optimal amount of, you know, family time so that we will have that forced family fun time that you will like even if you don't like it. And, oh yeah, we got to make sure to, to not forget to get that time to work out. Got to have that 
optimal body. Oh yeah, I can take on that extra responsibility at work. No problem. Yep, I'll walk the dogs. No problem. Spend time with God every day. Oh yeah, and then this time of the year, don't forget, you gotta do the Christmas cards, you gotta do the baking, you gotta do the cooking, you gotta pick out the perfect gifts, you gotta wrap the perfect gifts so that they're neatly packaged beautifully under the tree so that everybody can have the ideal Christmas morning. Whew. Sounds great. And we pursue this as if all of these things are gonna ultimately be the pathway to peace that if we can collect enough of these things in the right mixture that it's gonna somehow give us that well-being that we long for. And, and if we don't have it, then we start to go, hmm, there must be something wrong with me. Okay, I've gotta start figure this out. I've gotta do some self-improvement. There might be some life hacks that I can start to do. I can get better at my time management, my money management, my relationship management. I can get better job prospects. Whatever it is, I'll get more, it's fine. Here's the problem. We have too many books. And we wanna read them all, all at the same time and we can't do it, but it doesn't stop us from trying. Listen to this podcast, Rebuilders podcast. It's from a church that comes out of Australia, and they were reflecting on kind of life these days, and they, they gave this in, the incredible metaphor that I think is really great. I wanted to share it with you because I think it's so easy for us to picture, and I think it captures what we experience. So. So basically, picture like one of those spray bottles like that you use for cleaning, and you, you imagine like, it's got that little nozzle on it, and you tighten that nozzle up, and, and you squeeze it, and it, so it shoots out this little stream, right? And right at the target, whatever it is that you're trying to, to spray. And, but it's also, you turn that nozzle the other way, and you keep opening it, keep opening it, and you squeeze, what happens? Right? It, it, we can interact, it's okay, you can answer. Right? It, it spreads out. It fans out, it diffuses, right? It becomes like this mist if you go far enough. And it's not just like a little stream or two streams or three streams, but it's broken up into these tiny little particles. See, this is like us. We're like that water being forced out of this spray bottle, not so focused on the one thing that we're trying to hit, the main thing. Instead, we're diffused. We're like this mist, this vapor, chasing after everything. We're divided in every direction, which is what anxiety is. We're like a mist, and we can't seem to grab onto the peace we want. And we try. It just doesn't seem to work. And in response, I know some, some actually, there's kind of a movement to say, yeah, and this is the real problem. And so there's this movement to like withdraw and just shut it all down, kind of go like this hermit lifestyle and withdraw from everything because all of that is way too crazy and out of control. And so I'm just going to meditate and isolate. And, and in some ways that could be great. Certainly there, there's lots of good research that says meditation is really wonderful for you. But this isolation part, withdrawing from all these things, might give you a little bit of control over some of the outward things in your life. But what happens when things get out of control? Because they will. But man, it doesn't, we keep striving to grab more and more control over all of the pieces of our life in order to fit together well-being. And it's kind of like grabbing at that mist, grabbing at that vapor. Can you picture it? How productive is that? Not so good. 
there's going to be things that happen that are out of our control. Your health or maybe the health of someone you care about takes a turn. Maybe, maybe somebody leaves you or turns their back on you. There's always things out of our control. And that's why some are like, yeah, yeah. Right, that, that, that's not working either. You can't just try to get control over all those things out there. And, and you can't get yourself so scattered on doing these other things. You need to not worry about what other people think, what other people do. You know what you need to do? Some people think you just got to worry about what God thinks. And you might be like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, right? Because God's the one that's going to give you peace. Well, it kind of makes sense. The problem is the way that that ends up often getting applied. Because we start to internalize that with, okay, if I'm good enough, if I do enough, then God is going to give me the peace as a reward for my goodness. And so we start having to look at every part of our life and we go, okay, am, am I doing enough, serving enough, giving enough? Do I go to church enough days of the year? What's the minimum threshold? Am I there? Am I not there? Is God going to care about me? Is he going to love me? Is he going to give me peace? Right? And you can just see how quickly we can jump back on the hamster wheel and be divided in the name of Jesus. Anxious for Jesus. Not a great way to live. Here's the thing. If anxiety is about being divided, peace is about being united. Peace comes to us when we're not divided, trying to grab it from all these other places. It's, it's when we are united on the one source, the one focus of our peace. It's kind of like... If you've ever had the chance to go to where like a stream begins or a, a river begins, you go, you find this place and, and when the stream comes up out of the ground, it's this you know, beautiful water perhaps that you can drink and then as it takes off and it, it goes, it starts to branch out into maybe all these other creeks and all these other streams. Now, if you wanted to get water from this spring, the source of you know, this water, you could go to all those branches and take some water out of every one of them, couldn't you? But man, that's going to be pretty exhausting. Wouldn't it just be a lot easier if you went to the source? Went to where it came out of the ground? See, the problem isn't the things in our lives necessarily. The problem is we're scattered trying to gather peace from all these places when the source of peace is inviting us to say, hey, come here first and let life then flow out of that. See, Jesus is here to give you peace and then allow life to happen from there. The passage said, on earth, peace. To do those on whom his favor rests. <laughs> Does beg that big question, doesn't it? Who has the favor of God? Well, consistently, it's not those who think that they're good enough to receive God's favor. It's really for those who realize they can't earn that favor. It's the shepherds and the outcasts. It's the overburdened mother and father scrambling to do their best. Those who know that we can't grasp at peace, but we just have to receive it as a gift that God wants to give us. And so Jesus came as the Prince of Peace, born in a manger, born ultimately so that he could take on your and my anxiety. How'd that happen? We took it to the cross. If to be anxious is to be divided on the cross, Jesus was divided. His body divided from itself. 
his heart and his soul wrenched and divided, all so that we could have peace. Peace that comes from this one source. And so we are invited, you're invited this Christmas to stop trying to gather peace scattered in all of these places, but instead come to Jesus Christ. Seek him like the shepherds sought him, right? They left their flocks out in the field. Like this was their livelihood. This was their job. This was their reputation. And they said, you know what? This is too important. This isn't where peace is. We need to find real peace. And they went and found Jesus. And when you seek him and you find him to hold on to him like the most precious treasure like Mary did as she looked at her baby and realized this son of mine is the source of peace and she treasured him and treasured him in her heart. Seek that source of peace that will sustain you in and through all of life's chaos. Tony Evans tells a story about two painters that were in a contest. And the contest was to see who could actually paint a picture of peace. And so one painter, you know, maybe he lived on the shore because he painted this beautiful sunset going down over this glassy, smooth water. And you, know, you could just, as you looked at the picture, you just drawn into the tranquility of it. And it was so calming. The other painter painted a picture of a storm and in it, the sky was dark and rough. There was lightning. There was thunder. There was these dark clouds. There were rocks. Things, everything in the picture seemed to be really chaotic. There was waves crashing against all of the rocks. But down in the corner of the painting, there were these two big stones. And on one of these stones was a bird. And that bird was singing. See, that's peace. That's the peace that's available to you from the one source, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, that even though we will continue to live in a world that is chaotic and on fire until he comes again, things will continue to be out of control. There is peace for you and for me if we will seek it from the one source, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we see in our lives the evidence of being divided, drawn in different directions. We feel it in our bodies. We see it in the world. Everything seeming to be chaotic and fractured. Lord, we long for peace. We need peace. We long for it inwardly. We long for it outwardly. We do pray that, Jesus, you will come and you will heal the, the fragmented world, that you will bring justice and peace. But Lord, in the meantime, help us. Help us to stop seeking peace in all of these different directions, but to find in you that spring of true peace that will last, that will carry us through all that life throws at us. God, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.